Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of That's How the Light Gets In. I am your host, Brooke Anderson. More on this in a moment, but a huge thank you and shout out to Wild Choir for the music that you're hearing, which they recorded specifically for this podcast. That's How the Light Gets In is a show in which we'll be interviewing movement artists and cultural workers here in the Bay Area and beyond who make our movements shine, who root our actions and the wisdom of our elders and our ancestors and who create and defend culture to hold us and future generations through the best and the hardest of times. Each episode, I'll be joined in conversation by a different artist, MC, DJ, muralist, printmaker, photographer, visual artist, graphic designer, author, puppeteer, comic, or other cultural worker that I've had the privilege of photographing over the years. I will ask them to share the story behind their craft and how they understand their role in the movement. We'll also speak with organizers on the ground who deploy cultural strategy in their campaigns for social, economic, racial, and climate justice. For those of you who know my work, think of this podcast as something of an extended caption to accompany my many photographs of cultural workers over the years. My friends at Movement Generation Justice and Ecology Project, who are helping me launch this podcast and who you'll hear from in the next episode, they say in their Just Transition zine, if it's not soulful, it's not strategic. Capturing this long understood but often ignored common sense idea that artists, cultural workers, and storytellers are uniquely positioned to help us understand the moment we're in, what that moment requires of us, and to summon the courage and build the community to act on it. The power of cultural organizing has been nowhere more apparent than in the surge of powerful protests since October 7th, calling for a permanent and lasting ceasefire in Gaza. Over the last three months, we've put millions of people in the streets, occupied our elected officials' offices and woken them up at home. We've shut down bridges and highways, boarded and blockaded weapons shipments, we've literally tied back boats with nothing but the mooring lines around our fragile bodies. We've picketed arms manufacturers, occupied federal buildings, and halted legislative sessions. And at every step, we've been held by, educated by, inspired by, serenaded by, often kept disciplined by, and made infinitely more beautiful and badass by our artists and cultural workers. They have painted the banners and the street murals, taught us chants, led us in song and prayer. They have blown the shofar and danced the depka. They have adorned us in kafias and red poppies. They have sturdied our spirits with drums and danza. They have designed the patches, t-shirts, posters, and memes that get our messages out to the world. These artists and cultural workers have, simply put, gifted our movements the shine that they deserve. And they have communicated our messages in ways that no leaflet, no speech, no manifesto ever could. And I am, of course, using the terms artist and cultural worker here as a kind of shorthand for a huge swath of people who may or may not identify with those labels. 
Maybe they see themselves more as mamas, educators, healthcare workers, farmers, union members, elders, etc. But who, just by being who they are, bring soulfulness to the struggle. So while I may use the words artist and cultural worker frequently in our upcoming conversations, I want to in no way suggest that the only people making our movements irresistible are those who can bring that craft in a paid or a professional or even in a practiced way. Likewise, we know that no movement can advance on art alone, right? I'm, I'm never sure whether as a movement photographer, I'm an artist, a documentarian, a journalist, I don't know, maybe something in between. But I do know that there's no camera trick to fix an action's lack of strategy. We've all been to those actions that have phenomenal visuals, but no well-researched target, no strategy, no mass space, no action logic. And we can feel it in our bones, right? We know when we're inside of a photo op, when we're playing a game of smoke and mirrors, not building real power. So that's, that's not what we're talking about here. So, you know, shout out to all the activists and the organizers, the ones holding it down in late night meetings on endless signal threads, the ones writing talking points, doing security, providing sound equipment and jail support, all the absolutely essential and sometimes unsexy work that it takes to win. We see you. We love y'all too. And anyway, to the, to the cultural workers, I know from having photographed y'all that what you bring to the movement is precisely what makes it so accessible and appealing. And while I think movement culture is slowly shifting away from this, uh, feel free to drop a line in the comments, let us know what your experience is. I know, because this happens to me as a photographer, that y'all are still too often hit up only at the last minute as an afterthought un or under-resourced and asked to make the action look or feel good or asked to do your thing in five minutes between speakers and we share the images of y'all doing your thing but we don't give you the time space or respect to truly share the stories behind your craft which i believe are as or more powerful as the images that your cultural work creates and so i hope that we can do a bit more of that in-depth storytelling here on this podcast as we explore this just transition principle for movement generation if it's not soulful it's not strategic in the next episode we'll have two collective members from movement generation on the show to share more about that principle and what it means to them followed by episodes where we'll be in conversation with some of your favorite movement artists and cultural workers and speaking of your favorite movement artists and cultural workers a huge thank you to boom shake music who many of y'all know just as the real drumbeat and heartbeat of our movements they allowed me to use a photo I'd taken of them as the cover art for the pod. So thank you, Boomshake. I can't wait to have y'all on the program. And then, you know, before I close, I just want to say a bit about the podcast title. That's how the light gets in, which is a lyric from the late great Leonard Cohen found in his song Anthem. Activists and organizers have often adapted Cohen's anthem for use in protests, inverting the first and the second lines of the chorus so that the lyrics go, forget your perfect offering, just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And y'all, we are just so incredibly lucky to have the phenomenal Wild Choir, formerly Thrive Choir, 
record a version of the song specifically for this podcast. You'll hear the version in the intro and outro of the pod from here on out. Thank you so much to Wild Choir. I cannot wait to have y'all onto a future episode of the podcast so you can share what that song means to you and tell us a little bit more about your work. In the meantime, however, I want to come back to the title of the podcast. That's how the light gets in. I chose the title to reflect both that our culture, our wisdom, traditions, our spirits, soulfulness, whatever it is that you want to call it, it is how our messages reach the people and move their hearts. It is how the light gets in. I also chose it because my craft, photography, is literally photo, meaning light, and graph, meaning to write. So photography is literally writing with light. It is letting the light in to make an exposure, originally, of course, on film, now on a digital sensor. And so my hope is that this show could be a space for both uplifting the work of movement artists and cultural workers in the Bay Area and beyond, but also from time to time to explore the role of photographers in the movement as well, because y'all, I have some incredible movement photographers that I need you to meet. Lastly, uh, you know, as you can hear the dings going off, I failed to apparently silence my laptop noises. So maybe this is a great moment to just say uh, the other lyric from Cohen's uh, song anthem is forget your perfect offering. So this podcast is in no way going to be a perfect offering. In fact, I guarantee that it will be imperfect. It will be unprofessional. It will probably be a little bit scrappy until I figure out what I'm doing, but I hope it can be of some small service to the movement, and I hope that you stick around because we have some absolutely phenomenal guests coming your way in the next few episodes. And then lastly, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the land on which I'm recording this podcast, the land on which I'm a guest, the traditional Lashan Ohlone land. So much love to the Ohlone people, the original and current day stewards of this land. And given the inextricable links between land and culture, between seed and story, they are, of course, the original and ongoing culture keepers of this land. If you too live on Ohlone land, consider making a donation to the Segorite Land Trust to return indigenous land to indigenous hands. You can pay the Shumi land tax online at Sigorete. I'm going to spell that. It's S-O-G-O-R-E-A-T-E dash landtrust.org. And before we go, do you have a favorite artist or cultural worker that you want to nominate to be on the podcast? If so, let us know. Drop a line in the comments and we'll follow up with them. And in the meantime, you can follow the show on Instagram at That's How the Light Gets In Podcast. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. You can also find Movement Generation on Instagram at Movement Generation. And you can find me, your host, Brooke Anderson, on Instagram at Movement Photographer. That, I believe, is it for today. Thank you for listening, and see you next episode.